Hello, I'm Kathy Shagrin. I'm Stacia Matten. And I'm Mary Osborne. Nestled among the beauty of bright green cornfields, family farms, and the gentle rolling hills of west central Illinois is the small rural community of Monmouth. Lots of famous and infamous people have lived in Monmouth. Wyatt Earp was born here. Ronald Reagan attended grade school in town while his father sold shoes at Colwell's department store. Serial killer Richard Speck called this area home for a time. And actress Gladys Gale and Congressman Montgomery Rice were born and raised right here in the Maple City too. Monmouth boasts Monmouth College and the Monmouth Zippers. It also has the distinction of being the birthplace of the women's fraternity movement. Our monthly program, which is generously sponsored by the Buchanan Center for the Arts, will feature a true tale from our past. So we invite you to sit back and listen as we learn more about the town we love. This is Prairie Tales. Today's tale is about Monmouth's own Nizzy the Elephant. Not to be confused with Norma Jean the Elephant, made famous one county over and perhaps a story for a future podcast. Stories of Nizzy and his famous owner, the great Nicola, are legendary in these parts. Everyone tells slightly different versions based on the stories that have been passed down to them over the generations. In 2017, Jeff Rankin attempted to separate fact from fiction surrounding this elephant tale. No pun intended. And today I share with you his findings. It has been said that an elephant never forgets. But the true details concerning a celebrated elephant buried in Monmouth almost 90 years ago have been lost to time. A rare dwarf elephant weighing less than a thousand pounds, Nizzy, was a star attraction in the magic show of Monmouth's Will Nickel, the great Nicola, in the early 1930s. Nicola, who performed extensively in the Far East, was said to have acquired the elephant in India, but the exact circumstances of that acquisition are as mysterious as Nicola's illusions. Hoping to establish the definitive story of Nicola's elephant, I set out to research every source I could find, from period newspapers to the archives of the late Monmouth historian Ralph Eckley. I soon discovered that variations on the story are so numerous that I'm fairly convinced Nicola intentionally spun yarns about him to create both mystery and publicity. Some basic facts seem to be undisputed. Nizzy was a male dwarf Asian elephant weighing six to 800 pounds acquired in India. Nizzy traveled with Nicola during his winter tours. Using a large crate and mirrors, Nicola made the elephant seem to disappear. During the summer months, Nizzy was an attraction at the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. In 1933, Nizzy became ill from being fed an unhealthy diet and developed arthritis. A sling to help him stand was devised by his keeper at the zoo, who also fed him cod liver oil and gave him violet ray treatments. The following summer, engineers from General Electric devised a portable x-ray machine that confirmed the diagnosis. By the summer of 1934, Nizzy had become too weak to be cared for at the zoo and was shipped to Monmouth, where he was put under the care of veterinarian Verd O. Cudd at his home at 525 North 11th Street. Nizzy failed rapidly and died in late September. He was buried nearby, reportedly in a pasture just north of the Cudd home. Press accounts support the premise that Nizzy was acquired during a tour of India in 1930. At the end of the tour, Nicola performed in Honolulu and the local paper reported that he had an elephant traveling companion called Jazz. 
A UPI photo from early November shows Leona Eddings, who, by the way, was Nicola's future sister-in-law, with the elephant, now called Nizzy. And they were on the dock in San Francisco. The troupe had just returned from an Asian tour, and the Burlington Gazette reported that it had then gone to Chicago to leave an elephant at the Lincoln Park Zoo. The first bit of conflicting information occurs here, though. As the UPI caption says the elephant was presented to Miss Eddings, by a native prince in India, while the Burlington story says a Maharaja gave it to Nicola. Ralph Eckley, who knew Nicola, long asserted that the elephant was a gift to Nicola's niece, Doris Holt, who conducted Nicola's band during the 1930 tour. A Monmouth College tennis champion, she reportedly so impressed the Nizam of Hyderabad with her athleticism that he presented her with the elephant as a gift. In a 1940 interview in the Monmouth College student newspaper, Holt recalled her adventures with Nicola, but failed to mention the Maharaja encounter. Nicola's proclivity for telling tall tales about the elephant surfaces in various accounts. In 1943, he told a reporter for the Indianapolis Star that once he parked Nizzy in his bathtub at a Cleveland hotel, then called room service for a ham sandwich, a cup of coffee, and a bale of hay. When the manager asked him what he did with the elephant, Nicola said, I made it disappear. To which the manager supposedly replied, we'll make it disappear out of here and quick. In a 1984 letter to Ralph Eckley, Hugh T. Martin of Chicago wrote, I remember the story that while walking the elephant in New York, a smart aleck taxi cab driver yelled at Nicola, hey buddy, do you want a lift? Nicola said it was one of those large cabs with a fold-down seat, so he said, sure, and pushed the elephant in the back while he rode in the front with the driver. Syndicated New York columnist James Aswell wrote in 1933, A commotion near City Hall the other noon drew me on the run from Park Row. It couldn't, I was sure, be less than a riot. Bluecoats milled angrily around and would appear to be a large communist banner. But the large communist banner was only a red blanket for a 12,000 pound or thereabout baby elephant. A swarthy gentleman in the center of the rumpus turned out to be a vaudeville conjurer who had brought his pet on call to Mayor O'Brien. The police said it was against the law for elephants to visit the mayor. The tot's name I found was Nizzy. Plodding away, he had a melancholy look. And so did his master. The story that most made me question Nicola's claim that Nizzy was a gift from royalty was written by reporter Charles Eugene Banks in the Honolulu Advertiser in 1928. Two years before Nizzy was acquired, Banks reported that Nicola was discussing the magnificent diamond ring he always wore, given to him by the boy emperor of China. This matter of receiving presents from all the potentates I performed for was very lucrative to me. Nicola told the reporter. And on a tour through India, I received lots of jewelry and other valuables. The culmination came when I gave a special show for the powerful Nizam of Hyderabad. With Yankee canniness, I showed the powerful Nizam the wonderful gifts I had received from other rulers, hoping that his ego would induce him to surpass in magnanimity as he believed he surpassed the others in power and distinction. Nicola continued, after the show, Nizam told me that he had the most magnificent gift for me that I need to ever hope to receive in the Orient. 
I was thrilled with the picture of some sparkling ruby as big as a rock's egg, or perhaps a thousand-year-old tapestry. The Nizam led me to the grounds of his palace, and with overweening pride pointed out to the white gates. I looked, and looked again, and what did I see? A huge, husky, browsing elephant! Truly, the Nizam's gift surpassed all the others in size. Nicola concluded by saying he feared to offend Nizam by refusing the elephant, which he had no way of transporting. So he asked if the potentate would keep the beast until he could arrange to send for it. For all I know, my present is still consuming grass in Hyderabad, and I'm afraid to go back, he told the reporter, thinking of the feed bill he will have rung up. At six to eight hundred pounds, Nicola's pet was far from the huge husky elephant that Nicola described in the story. Originally called Jazz, perhaps Nicola renamed him Nizzy after deciding to weave his earlier tale of the Nizam into the story of the elephant's lineage. Nizzy made headlines in 1934 when Scientific American published a story about engineers from General Electric's X-Ray Corporation bringing a portable X-Ray machine to Nizzy's stall at the Lincoln Park Zoo, where he was ailing from arthritis. The exposure, which required 45 seconds to penetrate the elephant hide, confirmed the diagnosis of inflamed and stiffened joints. The previous summer, the Chicago Tribune ran a story about Nizzy, in which his caretaker was quoted as saying, Nizzy was bought as a baby elephant in Bombay and also speculated that he was almost old enough to vote, making him perhaps born in 1912. A database called AsianElephants.net states that the Lincoln Park Zoo had in its collection an elephant named Nizzy between 1919 and 1928, at which time it was transferred to a private owner. As I mentioned in an earlier column, Nicola began supplying Lincoln Park with animals in 1917. Might he have purchased Nizzy in Bombay? and then lent him to the zoo for several years? Nicola, who began his career as an escape artist, drew much of his inspiration from Houdini. In 1918, Houdini became the first magician to make an elephant disappear when he placed a 10,000-pound pachyderm named Jenny in a cabinet equipped with mirrors. No doubt this illusion made an impression on Nicola. Could he have purchased the dwarf elephant with the vision of one day duplicating Houdini's trick? and spent the next decade perfecting the trick? The answer lies buried with the magician in Monmouth Cemetery and with his faithful companion in a pasture just a few blocks away. I didn't grow up in Monmouth, but I have a very personal connection to Nizzy. I'll share that story with you in a later podcast. In the meantime, if you have a Nizzy story to tell, email us at prairietalespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. And that, friends is where this tale ends. Prairie Tales is a production of the Buchanan Center for the Arts in Monmouth, Illinois. Special thanks to Jeff Rankin for providing the content of this episode. If you enjoyed our podcast, look for more content on Instagram at Buchanan Center and on Facebook at BCA Monmouth. Email us with questions and suggestions for future episodes at prairietalespodcast at gmail.com. For Stacia Matten, I'm Mary Osborne. For Mary Osborne, I'm Kathy Shagrin. And for Kathy Shagrin, I'm Stacia Matten. Remember, not all history is found in a book. Sometimes it's found in the stories we tell. Just listen to the sound of the prairie, and you too might hear a tale.